the net is set, and the origin of the idiotic reason, sex became sinful with a marriage loophole. Fornication, as Christianity labels it, became a religious sin because of sexually dysfunctional Greek Gnostic idiots' misinterpretation of the Egyptian netter set. Christian fathers, just as dysfunctional and idiotic, accepted these unenlightened teachings that filtered into Christianity. One fallacy of Christians is that Christianity today is as it always has been. Most assume that the Bible and Christian doctrines came out of the box complete and in place. However, as with anything, Christianity developed over time. For the first three centuries of the Common Era, Christians and Gnostics were one and the same. They practiced the Egyptian spiritual system as it was taught to the Greeks. Egypt was part of the Greek Empire for many centuries. The Greek miracle was a direct result of the knowledge they gained from the ancient Egyptian priest. Egypt was the Holy Land in ancient times. The Catholic Church still maintains certain Gnostic philosophies that would benefit or solidify the legitimacy of their organizational authority. However, in the 4th century CE, Christianity split from the Gnostics with the Catholic Church invention of Jesus as a historical, flesh-and-blood person rather than Christ as a spiritual concept. However, Many of the Christian doctrines we live with in modern times are a direct result of philosophical agreement with the Greek Gnostics. The ideas surrounding sex were one of those ideas maintained by Christians that was a misinformed view of how to navigate as a soul having a human experience. One of the philosophical views of the Greeks was that the creator of the universe and the creator of earth was two different creators. The creator of earth was a malevolent being that created earth as its playground, so to speak. The way this malevolent being maintained control was to keep souls trapped on earth. Remember from the ancient Egyptian perspective, the soul was the life that is lived and it is eternal. The body is the only transitory experience. It will die. But when you reach a certain level of enlightenment, as a soul, you would free yourself from the cycle of reincarnation and return to the source more enlightened because of the experiences you had during your journey as a soul through many lives in the reincarnational cycle. Well, the Greeks originally accepted those teachings. But as time went on, the priests of Egypt and the Greeks lost the ability to read the hieroglyphs. They no longer could fact check these false teachings or what the original teachings were. It's only in the last 200 years, since 1799 and the discovery of the Rosetta Stone, that we have had the ability to read the hieroglyphs again. The Greeks began to operate with the idea that physical existence was different from spiritual existence and was a curse to a soul. Hence, concepts like original sin, the fall, and total depravity were tied to a belief system that physical beings were evil from birth of the malevolent creator God. You may have never heard of the doctrine of total depravity, but as a Christian, it is one of the foundational beliefs. The doctrine of total depravity understands the Bible to teach that, as a consequence of the fall of man, morally corrupt, enslaved to sin, and is apart from the grace of God, utterly unable to choose to follow God or choose to turn to Christ in faith for salvation. They believe the body would corrupt the soul in a way that would make it want to continue the cycle of reincarnation and not return to the Agdawad, which is the eight aspects of the Egyptian primordial waters of Nun. 
According to many Gnostics, being in the physical became a detriment to an evolving soul. Among the Gnostics, the idea began to develop that bringing new souls into the world through the lust and pleasure of sex was a horrible thing to do. The only way to stop bringing new souls into this terrible world was to stop having sex. Completely! The main group of Gnostics that believed this idea were followers of incretism. This group's fear of sex became so radical that they didn't even want people to get married. Having sex that could lead to a child being born into the world was an absolute horrible act to these men. How logical is this idea? If everyone followed their idiotic concept, the human race would have been wiped out long ago. The problem, according to Gnostics, is sex is enjoyable. It has such a pull on us as a human that we crave it. Thank goodness, or none of us would be here. Many Christian fathers agree with incretism. One was Irenaeus. He believed that sex was evil. Think about it. The Roman Catholic Church created a two-tier morality system based on the belief of incretism. Priests and nuns are forbidden to have sex or marry. Another Christian father, Clement of Alexandria, was more moderate. The laity was free to have sex under one condition. They needed to marry. Clement agreed with the views of Gnostic leader Valentinus. We get the word Valentine from his name and his followers. Valentinus believed that creation occurred through male and female gods procreating, the Greek humanization of gods. He saw this idea as justification for men and women to have sex in a loving marriage that mirrored the relationship of the creators in heaven. In other words, this is one of the main reasons marriage became sacred. Valentinus believed that in true love, a man and woman could bring a soul into the world and raise it the right way. And I'm really simplifying this concept here. Many Christians that held the views of incretism believed the idea of God's having sex were heretical. Any mention of God in relation to sex and spirituality was an absolute no-no. Even today, to consider God in sexual terms is satanic or sinful for Christians. Sex outside of marriage is considered fornication. Fornication automatically puts two people in love at odds with God and automatically attaches guilt and shame to the act of two consenting adults within Christianity. What religious people do is turn that energy in on themselves in guilt for even imagining having sex. That energy doesn't go away. Think about how powerful sexual energy is. It can create a whole nother being on earth. You can transmute that energy in positive ways and it becomes a catalyst for so many positive things. Or you can transmute it into negativity and it becomes a catalyst for physical illness, psychological illness, and sexual dysfunction. The idea of sex and fornication goes opposite of the original teachings. One of the earliest creation stories was Atum masturbating to create the first two netters, Shu and Tefnut. The ancients never had a problem with sex and sexuality as a natural part of the universe expressing itself. It's only after the psychologically depraved men began to see spirit and flesh as different did the problems with human sexuality arise. As you have seen by the explanation of the science behind creating, the Egyptians never separated spirit and flesh and made them different. The material world is only a more complicated extension of the spiritual world, but they're both the same stuff. 
That means you are the same stuff as the creator. That means you can't be sinful for doing the same thing as the creator. Many Christians operate with an air of sexual dysfunction because of the misinterpretation of this knowledge. The psychologically damaging belief in fornication is because so many have accepted the belief system of depraved men from thousands of years ago without ever asking why. We accepted men telling us that having our relationships sanctioned by the state with a marriage license and sanctioned by the church determined the legitimacy of our sexual unions. How many Christians do you know believe in the idea of fornication? Stop it. They all do. Yet so many participate in it because it's humanly impossible for a normal, healthy, functioning adult to not want sex. Now, please understand, I'm not against marriage or for sexual promiscuity. My point is that we don't need outside intervention to validate a natural human experience. It's like needing a license to breathe fresh air. There's probably not many Christians that even consider that sex outside of marriage is okay. The restriction came from men that psychologically had issues with spirituality and sex being connected. Because of Christian indoctrination, sex cannot be viewed as a beautiful, natural part of being human. But when you accept the belief that being in human flesh is a negative issue in the first place, then it lays a foundation for psychological and sexual dysfunction that so many Christians deal with today. The truth is that our modern idea of sexuality and religion are based on the whims of men that operated from a psychologically unhealthy perspective about sexuality because they believe that the body is a tomb for the soul and a detriment to spiritual development. The origin of that idea is from the Temple of Ptah in ancient Egypt. Ptah was the creative aspect of the Godhead responsible for material existence. His essence was trapped in physical matter. The personification of the force to trap the spirit the ancient Egyptians called Set. As a function, Set also keeps planets from spinning off into space. Set also is the drying aspect of a flood. If you want to sum up the Egyptian idea of Set with one word, it will simply be opposition. The natural function of Set caused duality which is simply a recognition of opposites. Duality negated oneness. That's the spiritual science. The Gnostics took the idea of spirit being trapped in matter to an extreme that is harmful to the human psyche in modern times. They viewed anything that would keep a person wanting to stay in physical life as a problem with releasing the spirit back to the source. They essentially outlaw sex as enemy number one to spirit being free. This was their reality. One thing to understand about spirituality is that your inner subjective reality creates your experience of life through your filter or viewpoint. An optimist and a pessimist have two different experiences of life, but both experiences are valid. They are the truth for each individual. But when you accept on faith the doctrines of Christianity, you are accepting someone else's spiritual experience as your truth. Religious beliefs are analogous to a virgin being told what an orgasm is like and accepting what they are told as their own personal experience. It's not their truth. It's not their experience, but they believe in it. 
I would surmise that the dysfunction of so many people today around their sexuality is based on having a belief system built on top of the Gnostic and Christian dysfunction. Because you're connected to comedic-centered living, my hope is that you've gotten a little insight from this course that will at least cause you to question these dysfunctional beliefs. I hope even more that you will take this foundation of knowledge put forth in this article and begin to search, research, and heal yourself and others. These idiotic beliefs on sexuality are a perversion of ancient comedic Egyptian spiritual science. This thought process has created perversions in our society surrounding sexuality. It's time to become enlightened because there are even deeper spiritual levels that one can attain through the joys of sex. When you orgasm, you're literally in a state that vibrationally puts you closer to the Creator. That's why it's such a massive pull on our psyche. In conclusion, your body is not a tomb for the soul. The soul is as natural as the body and the body as spiritual as the soul. Your soul desire to create the experience that is your life. As a function of nature or netter, set keeps the soul bound to the body. But it's just a function of nature, not a curse as we've been taught. Now you know why sex was made a sin. Do you think it's logical? Should we continue to adhere to these types of religious ideas based on ignorance? You are beautifully human that should enjoy sex without hang-ups. The Christian beliefs about sex come from antiquated misinformation. If you've accepted these beliefs on blind faith, you're analogous to a spiritual virgin. Stop living through the spiritual experience of depraved men and enjoy life and have sex without guilt. Just know that because you're free to act doesn't mean you're free of consequences. Namaste, which means the divine in me recognizes the divine in you. Let's move forward.